Hi there, it's time for another blog. I know, sometimes it feels like that's all I do. Haha, <laughs> but that's okay. So today we're going to talk about the five hidden costs of waiting. But first of all, I'm going to tell you a little background story about time. So when I was 18, I was in love with Ugly Kid Joe's remake of Harry Chapin's Cats in the Cradle. I had it on constant replay. So we were in the first days of CDs and the glorious power of skipping to the start of a song with one touch. It was, it was yeah, I just about lost my mind. Anyways, I really related to the lyrics. Now I'm not gonna sing to you and you're welcome, but the lyrics, if you're not familiar or if you need to be reminded, come with, um, he came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away and he was talking before I knew it and as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, dad. You know, I'm going to be like you. And then the chorus goes, and the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. So you see, my father loved me in some ways more than anything, but he simply didn't have time. So I got this song. And a few years after graduation, he and I went on a road trip to the West Coast. It was it was over Christmas and it wasn't really because he, I don't think he wanted to go. It was because he was pissed at my mom and this was retaliation. But nonetheless, I felt special. So he asked me to drive stretches of the Coquihalla Highway. And if you've never seen pictures, Google it. It is a monster and one of the most dangerous winter driving freeways in North America. So this was equal parts exhilarating and terrifying to me because um, the Coquihalla Pass was the place where in the past I'd learned what jackknifed semis meant and pileups and whiteouts. Like I knew what that was because I'd seen it. So we only ever went to the coast in the dead of winter so i knew how treacherous this place was and here i was driving it so the reason i remember this all so clearly is because of a conversation he and i had while i was driving i had the driver's rights to the radio so i was going through all my cassettes so you can only record cd to cassette at this point so cats in the cradle came on i mentioned i loved it i sang along badly at the end of the song Staring straight ahead, he said, I don't like that song. I don't want to listen to it again. And 30 years later, when I wrote those words and now saying them, it's like, like, it's like a sucker punch to the gut for me. Because I grew up in that moment. Everything became clear. The last verse of the song goes, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to dad if I can find the time. You see my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. So my dad, he knew, he realized. I was grown up, my sister was soon to marry, my brother was graduating, he'd run out of time. And now he could see that through this song, 
his choices were going to come back to haunt him. And it was only a matter of time. So this was, this was a moment of growing up for me. Unlucky, incredibly so that this happened. And I know that might be surprising, but I consider myself fortunate. So many times parents give counsel with the hopes that their children won't repeat the mistakes of the parents, right? And most times kids don't listen. So sorry if you're new to parenting, but I'm just giving you the facts here. So I'm actually one of those odd kids that does listen. Um, but it's not the same as agreeing or acting in one way or the other. But I do listen. And I've long regarded life as something of an obstacle course or a labyrinth that I'm needing to navigate. So watching where others dead-ended is useful, right? Including my father. One of the most painful things about growing up is realizing that your parents are people. Humans, real humans, with baggage and biases and fears and inadequacies, the, inadequacies, the whole shebang. This can be eased, I, I firmly believe, by never presenting yourself to your children or to other young people as anything other than human with messy human stuff. They, they need to see us learn, fail, question, challenge, celebrate, fear, attempt, all of it. But so many adults, and in this case, parents, don't do that. They put on this facade in the hopes that it protects children. Now, I'm not advocating going all hot mess dumpster fire on your kids, but there is a line where protecting them and pretending you've done everything right is a very bad idea. So my dad's gift to me in that moment was a painful truth. Choices have consequences and time is irreversible and irreplaceable. This leads me to the five hidden costs of waiting. So at that moment, you see, I was given a fork in the road, one that I readily recognized, though I, I will admit I needed to be reminded about it about 10 years later, but that's for another day. I suddenly knew two things clearly. First, he'd chosen. And those choices led to his family growing up largely without him. And second, if I wanted a different outcome for my life, I'd have to write a different story and song ending. And that began with coming to terms with the five hidden costs of waiting. So first and most obviously, the hidden cost of waiting is you've run out of time. Humans are odd. On, on one hand, we can calculate and speak about vast amounts of time, millions of years, centuries, generations, but we have no real sense of time. Not really. We get caught in weird mind loops where time goes fast and slow, often simultaneously. We convince ourselves that there's always tomorrow. And when there are no more tomorrows, we flip out like, like we had some sort of guarantee that's now been defaulted on. So then number two. So the second thing is waiting until X, Y, Z is an excuse that undermines your life. So my father's game was until business is better, or I have more help, or the piece de resistance, I have more time. Yeah. So waiting until you're skinny enough, my demon, uh, or rich enough, or successful enough, is a game you play with yourself. What is enough? 
it's it's one thing to have a goal such as once I save $10,000, I will put a down payment on a house or I will finish my degree and then I will travel for two years. In these cases, you have a goal and then if you're going to reach the goal, plan and accountability measures. But I'll put a down payment on a house someday and then proceed to eat out every night of the week. In that case, someday is never. So number three, waiting sends a signal or sends messages about what we value or don't, which people eventually realize. So while my father might have tried to convince us that he worked like he did, spending little time with us, late for or missing everything that mattered to us when we were young, because he was doing it for us, it was pretty hard to swallow when he would leave mid-morning from the office where we all spent lots of time and go for coffee and he'd be right back. And no, he wasn't doing anything sketchy. He really was out for coffee, shooting the shit for hours at a time. He left us to answer calls and questions that we were ill-equipped to do so or ill-equipped for. So we were always in a pressure cooker of embarrassment and shame because these we were constantly being asked things like, well, where is he? Well, why can't anybody else answer that question? Well, when is that check coming? Just all of those things from a very young age. So since this was pre-cell phones everywhere, I would have to call the local restaurant or lounge and have him paged. Or later when I could drive, I would actually go to these places and find him. But he didn't have time to stay home for breakfast, come home for supper, stay home on the weekends, go on vacation, play a game, read a book. And that's my point. Making us wait for his attention and his time, which we rarely got unless it was work-related, told us all very, very clearly what mattered despite his words. So when you ask others to wait, be sure that you're clear in your messaging. If you would really rather go for coffee with your friends, I think I'd rather hear that than the alternative. Number four, making others and yourself wait gives you a false sense of control and it backfires. So waiting can be a way that we deflect decisions and actions, right? And it helps us to feel like we are going to control whatever it is we're avoiding. So not leaving a terrible job because you want to have just the right job to go to generally doesn't work. Not, taking, not talking to your spouse about how you really feel doesn't make the relationship better. Far from it in most cases. The feeling that you can somehow set up conditions to your advantage gives you the idea that waiting is controlling the outcome coming down the pipeline. In my experience, it's actually the opposite. I'm a big fan of getting out ahead of something. So my father's tactic was to make all of us wait. Wait until I get back. Wait in the car. Wait for a minute while I take this call. In fact, he still does this. And I'm still fighting the urge to kowtow. My mom, bless her, has long since given up and won't hold a family meal for him anymore. And by hold it, I mean she won't wait for all of us to eat until he gets home. It makes me sick to, to eat without him there. But at the same time, I know he's trying to control us with these actions. You know, it's strange but true. I don't think he sits at the office and goes, well, you know, I'm going to make them wait for half an hour to see if they really love me. I don't think that's what's going on. But I think there's a fair bit of, oh, it'll be okay if I'm late. It's okay if they have to wait. So that leads me to the fifth thing. 
opportunities will be missed. It's the should-haves of life. It's the, the business deal, the date, the conversation, the trip, the doctor's appointment, all of those moments that pass us by because we're waiting, delaying, deferring, researching, contemplating, avoiding, whatever the language. Do I think you should jump at every chance that comes across your path? No, but I do think that most people should jump at more than they do. And don't I think that everything happens for a reason? And that waiting is simply a phase in that process. Well, that's tougher. That's often used as an excuse for not thinking. And that's what I really learned that day. If I didn't think about what, I, what had happened in my life until that moment, then I was likely to repeat the patterns. Pretty astute for 20-ish, don't worry. I screwed up plenty of other things, even though I realized that. So I made two promises to myself that day. One, I wasn't going to expect my father to be anyone other than himself. I wasn't going to excuse things. Rather, I wouldn't attach my happiness to his fulfilling expectations that I had. I would and continue to try to influence him, but I really try to let the rest go. And two, I wasn't going to live my life that way. I would work damn hard, and I still do. I would have high standards, I always have. And most importantly, if I ever had children, I would not repeat the pattern. I would see them, hear them, spend time with them, be, be a pivotal part of their lives in a concrete daily way. Plus, I would always be human. Do my children have to wait? Sure they do. It's not like I jump when they want. Hells no. They have a healthy respect for waiting, as we all should. When I get swamped with work, I show them what I'm doing and I talk to them about how they feel and literally carve off time in the calendar for dates and hangouts. Otherwise, I would also hate cats in the cradle. But I still love it because I can get through the whole song without the guilt of a lifetime of waiting and making others wait weighing down on me. So give it a think. Where has waiting been playing with your life? Is that what you want? Are you willing to keep paying the costs? As always, thoughts from me. And remember, if you haven't already gotten around to it, hit the website, link below. Um, you can subscribe to these blogs and vlogs. You can get our lead magnet, which is our... Um, well, that's I shouldn't even call it that. It's an exploration guide. It's it's something for you to check out and think about your own sort of life and where you're at. There's a great quiz that helps you think about, you know, how ready you are and how aligned you are to get out there and speak your truth like I'm doing and all the stuff that I'm doing, right? So some things to think about. Check it out. Maybe we'll see you next time.